hello everyone and how are you today and welcome to the man in the black suits podcast and it's nicholas's birthday celebration and leslie's here and we may cut out every now and then we've had a little bit of uh technical dish issues back and forth but other than that we're good how is everybody i'm having a good day pammy how are you <laughs> i need sleep <laughs> but other than As... that i'm good <laughs> well i'm a little i'm a little bummed because this is going to be such an epic podcast and the technical difficulties are not going to dampen our spirits just like the rain is not going to dampen our spirits. Absolutely. At, at least it's raining here in Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg, that is, not in Philly. Not in Philly. But it's always sunny in Philadelphia, isn't it, Pam? Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. It's a great show, let me tell you. <laughs> I have to tell you, first of all, I cannot believe we're doing the Nicholas Birthday podcast again. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning it's been, you know, over a year yeah. and we're back again. It's, it's hard to believe it. I know, you know, time flies when you're having fun, but we're yes. all having a great time with this. Really, truly. Yes. Um, and I think our little special podcast is, uh, going to be greatly appreciated by one and all. I know I've had fun with it. Um, the idea of trying to think of something special for Nicholas. And I thought we're all readers and we all love, uh, you know, love reading. What mm -hmm. better thing to ask our listeners um, than what book would you give Nicholas for his birthday? Exactly. And we, uh, we've had some great answers and some interesting books coming along. And, uh, you know, so what I'll do is later on, I'll Put a list of all the books together so we can and i'll pass them along and that yes. way if anybody wants to pick up one we you know what you know what we were talking about yes we definitely want, want to do that. betty struggled picking one it's hard <laughs> isn't it that's okay it he'll have other birthdays we that's might have right. to do this we might have to do this again uh -huh. uh, but at yeah. least it wasn't a tie. <laughs> so <laughs> this is true. <laughs> the big news. I think the tie. We leave the ties to uh, Anastasia and, uh, and uh, Kristen uh, Gray. What Kristen do you think? Gray. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps they may like that. They might. But we had in that a great little snippet video we had today. Oh my gosh! Can I tell you? so excited i mean i i love it so much mm -hmm. i i i i'm i'm very happy uh if this is the first little sneak peek at some of the visioning of the gabriel's inferno mm -hmm. uh film i we're in we're in for a good ride ladies i think so i think so and i know um i went I sent SR a little note over the weekend, just congratulating him, you know, with the stuff going on. And cause he's like, all oh, this great news is coming. Great news is coming. And his little interesting process, the casting. And uh, so I, I just, just relax, go for the ride and enjoy it. And it must be a big thrill to see um your characters come to life through people so I, I he's like i think he's very excited about this too and i don't blame him so betty says that the flames made her heart skip a beat yes and, i uh, agree the way i loved doing. and i love the sound of the fire right mm -hmm, like it just mm -hmm. was so explosive and i thought it was such a it was such a great allegory for the passion and the intensity of the story. Mm -hmm. That's true. And yes. Lori's just a little, yeah, so she's just, uh, she overthought the gift. I said, no, there's no overthinking anything. 
any man is hard to buy for. I don't care whether he's fictional or real life. If he's your spouse or a brother or your father, yeah, they're they're all pain in the asses to buy for, to be frank. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yeah. they would they would probably say the same thing uh, about us. So anyway, so that's I very exciting. Very, very. I exciting. know. I mean, the, so I think really we we always cover the news, right? And yes. obviously, we're doing the the podcast today to celebrate. But um, I mean, you, the news doesn't get that much better than that. And I was so excited that it was happening on a Wednesday because <laughs> I was like, yeah, we can talk about it on the podcast and we could get all excited about it because I know, it's, I know, you know, not only is it white shirt one Wednesday, which is one of my favorite uh, days when Argyle Empire does it, but uh, it's, it's this kind of breaking news, which is fun. I feel like CNN that's right Anderson Cooper I love Anderson Cooper but you know I have a news crush on CNN yeah and my news crush is Chris Cuomo I know I know you know I know I can't help it he's great you know why I like him because he's a lawyer and he approaches the news like a lawyer and I like that so I can understand that and I, I, I loved his father, and I have a little crush on the Cuomo family anyway. And I know I don't live in the state of New York. This is just my personal opinion. But Chris is, just from a news perspective and a media perspective, I just think he's a real. And here we go with our little issue with, with the. Uh, with, there we go. We're back, so. I think. You back? Did we, did we tag out? Yeah, year? we did. We did. What else is new? I know. That's okay. Exciting times, ladies. Yes, it is. Exciting yes, times. It is. And it's so good to see every. Uh, Betty asked if she if Paul wears a white shirt on Wednesdays too. <laughs> I am sure he does. I it bet might, he does. Might be a polo shirt. This is or true. Or it could be a button down with a sweater over it. I don't know. But. <laughs> this is true. And It'd Betty be says the Gabriel news should be on CNN. This is a big news in our, this is big news in our community. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. And, uh, we have, uh, Kenzie saying she loved. The I agree, Betty. We need to get some of the. And we, we're, as I said, we're, we are having a little bit of difficulty with the, uh, audio um sometimes we get cut out so anyway and it's so good to see you andrea or andrea i'm not Mm -hmm. sure how you prefer to pronounce it but hello kenzie and betty oh we're gonna it's gonna be good so that's the biggest news of today and of course we also know that gabriel's promise is coming out in january and we are, um, just, you know, just waiting now to see who's going to be uh, cast. And if I'm not mistaken from, um, what's her name's, uh, Tosca's uh, message that she gave a, um, a couple months ago, or it was maybe it was SR, maybe it was Nina, I'm lost at the moment, um, that the Gabriel and Julia will be the very last two announced and we will get other cast members ahead of that. So we got September to look forward to and it's almost September. Oh my gosh. I know. And the Mm -hmm. filming according to the trailer begins in October. That's right. And I'm hoping, I'm wondering when in October. So, uh, because, I've got a friend who's uh, going after the uh, B&B or Airbnb and trying to figure out who, what, where, when, and why. So, anyhow, uh, Leslie, are you back yet? 
Leslie. Oh, Leslie. Nobody Thank wants to hear There you go. So. Can you, you hear want, me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, so do you want to do the very first uh, book? And there she goes again. I love, I, you know, I, I love this when Skype comes up and it says poor connection and you check all your connections and your connections are good. So God, it's got to be the weather. That's what I've decided. And, uh, so, so I'm not, we'll wait for Leslie to come back, but I'm going to start with Samia. Um, Samia book that she chose for us, for, uh, Nicholas was The Prophet by Cahill Gibran. And she has her reasons, which she didn't go into. But The Prophet, I remember reading it too many years ago, uh, was, is a book of about 26 poetic essays. And it was, The Prophet is named Al-Mustafa. And the essays are just a discussion about different life issues like love, marriage, children, giving, eating, drinking, crime, punishment, uh, all that kind of neat stuff. Um, and it, I've got a couple of quotes uh, I can give you. Uh, the Forget not the earth delights to feel your bare feet, and the whole winds long to play with your hair. Uh, another one ever has it been that love knows not its own depth until the hour of separation. Uh, love one another, but not make, but not a, a bond of love. Let it rather be moving sea between the shores of your soul. And uh, yeah, so it it's it goes back and forth with with, with that that kind of stuff. And I can remember um, as a teenager. Not just I think I think everybody had the book and passed it around a hundred times, but a local radio station on Sunday night had like a free form radio where you would get you know whole album sides of records, um, mm -hmm. but you'd also get uh, things like Doctor Demento, which I always loved. Oh yeah, and that but. They would also have these spoken word albums, and they would have somebody reading from the prophet in one of these spoken word albums. So I can remember, just it was just like really cool, really really cool. So, so that is the prophet from Samia. I love it. Can you hear yes. me now? I can. Okay, because I've heard you the entire time. Okay. So I, I'm hopeful that I can get through our text, our text birthday wishes from Judith mm -hmm. all the way across the Atlantic. Uh, Judith had two books for Nicholas this birthday. The first is The Lost Lives, Lost Art by Melissa Muller and Monica Tatsau. And this is a book that examines the Jewish collectors, Nazi art theft, and the quest for justice. And it's a really, as Judith put it, it's an enthralling story of Nazi art plundering and the world of art, compelling stories of 15 Jewish art collectors, which I thought was a perfect selection for Nicholas. And I think oh, Acasio, yeah. I think Acasio will like to read that one as well. Mm-hmm. And the second book Judith selected was called Art Matters. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with the work of Neil Gaiman. Does he pronounce it Gaiman or Gaiman? I'm I think, not, it's, I think Gaiman. it's Gaiman. I'm not sure, though. And he's the series on uh, right now American Gods is based on Gaiman's books. Oh, okay. I know. Okay. I know. He is a prolific writer. In fact, one of my coworkers' favorites um, and the book that she's sending, uh, Nicholas, is called Art Matters, Because Your Imagination Can Change the World. And Judith said this is an inspirational book about how reading, imagining, and creating can change the world. And she says, Matzel Tov to Nicholas. Uh, 
mm-hmm. and also a little had a little hashtag for Fofo. For Fofo. A little shout <laughs> for Fofo. <laughs> so, oh, my. I love it. So, so uh, Betty, or Karen, KK says that she loved the book. She agrees with Betty, who uh, she said she had never read it, but would like to check it out. And uh, the, as, as far as the uh, Game Gaiman book, she says, yeah, that is a great book. Mm. Yes, all, all books I need to read. I'm yeah. telling you, after, after seeing everybody's suggestions this week, I got to add a lot more books to my list. That's for sure. <laughs> have to up the game, as they up say. Up the game. Mm-hmm. So the next one is Tasha Barfeld. And she chose, actually, the dis- two books, The Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness and uh, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Now, she chose The Discovery of Witches mostly because the vampire of the story learns to begin to forgive himself once he finds someone who can love him despite of his sins. And the world is inhabited as you know from the book, it's four species, uh, which is vampires, demons, and humans. And Diana Bishop is the reluctant witch. And Matthew Claremont is the vampire. Uh, he is also an Oxford geneticist. And he's only about 1,500 years old. So he's fairly fairly a newbie, when, and I guess, when vampire standards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been spending my days, uh, I should say my early mornings and my late nights with uh, this, uh, this, the De Clermonts. Um, I love this book. I love this series. I'm on the second book and I can't get enough of it. And I have, I have Samia and you, Pam, to thank for this recommendation. (laughs) Um, And and I think that, I think Tasha made an excellent choice Mm -hmm. for a birthday gift. Now, she also chose uh, Pride and Prejudice. And basically, Pride and Prejudice is, is Mr. Bennett has five daughters. He's got an estate that's entailed, which in, in Great Britain up until not too long ago. You had to have a male heir to mm-hmm. put the uh, to hand your estate down to, and if you didn't, then it went to the uh, next grouping's male heir, which, you know, women in the 18th century, 19th century didn't have much choice on many things. So right. Um, and it just, I think, again, it, it, it pits um, Lizzie and or Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy uh, somewhat against each other because he seems kind of snooty and almost looks down on her. And she gets, she's just like, I can't be bothered. Because one of the things that was great about Jane Austen is she, she didn't like the way women were treated in her time. So this was her way of uh, discussing it and moving it on, trying to move the conversation forward so that women would become a little bit more equal. Um, her family was tried to stifle a lot of that, especially after she died, because she, she lived until she was 41. Um, she wrote basically six novels, and I believe Pride and Prejudice was the third or second or third of the novels she wrote. And they, there's very little of her personal writings that are left. Her sisters burned letters, her brother got rid of things. And when I was in Oxford a couple years ago, I was in uh, the bottom part of the Bodley and I wasn't in the main part where Discovery of Witches was. Oh, uh, so cool. But they had a whole exhibit of Jane Austen stuff. And I, yeah, tourist, pick up my phone to take pictures of things and I was told I wasn't allowed to. Her family <laughs> still does not allow, her descendants do not allow any of her stuff to be put out there into wow. the public sphere. 
But, you know, I saw her handwriting. I saw a dress she wore, um, some, some rough manuscript they had in there, plus, of course, her books and some jewelry and that kind of stuff. So it was really interesting. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I, I know, um, I just know that that's one of, it really is one of those universal books that. Mm-hmm. It is a universal drawn to because of the story, and it's 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 really um, timeless. And I love the different iterations of it uh, that mm-hmm. have been made in different formats, be it film or theater. Um, it's really great. Um, I'm I'm laughing too. I saw Betty said, "Can you imagine Nicholas live tweeting his reactions while reading and then watching a Discovery of Witches?" <laughs> and Kenzie's actually dig- digging in as well. It's been on her to be read list for. for a while. A while now, and she's uh, she's finally digging in. So, Kenzie, you will not be disappointed. You won't be. You won't be. And uh, she and also <laughs> and Betty's that, like. And remember you... when Rachel compared Gabriel to Mr. Yeah. Darcy? Of course. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it's funny because I'm, I um, put on Gabriel's Inferno and... to start listening to it again. And as I'm driving, and. Yeah, he. She. I was went through that part today when Rachel was yelling at him. Who do you think you are? <laughs> so, and Andrea okay. saying, "Yeah, Betty." I know. And when Julia compares Gabriel to Heathcliff, <laughs> that's another right. When Julia compares Gabriel to Heathcliff, yes. Oh. <laughs> so good. Just yeah, so that's, good. I, you know, Wuthering Heights is still one that I, I've, I've seen I don't know how many remakes of movies of it mm. and I've tried to read the read the story uh, quite a few times and I I just I get I confused. struggled with that one I, I personally have struggled reading that and Kenzie says Wuthering Heights is her favorite I I'm telling you what though Laurence Olivier playing Heathcliff I know I makes know. my heart sing well, oh, can, on the I, on the moors, the heather. Oh, uh-huh. oh my I can tell you that Deb Harkness at Christmas time, she mm-hmm. she put this out last year, I think. Every Christmas, she rereads Wuthering Heights. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I need to get through it. And Andrea, don't feel bad. She says she feels bad that all of you have read so many books. I read slowly, but I do it. Andrea, I am with you. I yep. love I love to read, but I have such a small well part of my problem is i find books i like and then i'll keep rereading them mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. i won't be expanding my you know gabriel's inferno i read i can't even i don't even know how many times i've read that now because i just love it so much so i need to push myself off of that <laughs> and betty says she's listening to the Raven and Gabriel's Inferno and the man in the black suit all over again. Yes. You, it never gets old. And it doesn't get Andrea old. says, and please forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I'm not sure where you would like the accent. I've known Andrea's and Andrea's. Um, and she said, Wuthering Heights is the book that left something special in my heart. It is. It's another one of those timeless stories. And in fact, Karen, com- uh, Karen feels the same way. And Lori also rereads books that. Yeah. Well, it's, Andrea's. Uh, yeah, you, rereading is, is so much fun. So. Can you uh, hear me? I can hear you now. Out. I'm cutting out. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. We go back and forth. Hi. I know, I know. Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Great. So, Andrea's selection is Like Water for Chocolate by Laura Esquivel. It's a tale of the youngest daughter of a Mexican family who's forbidden to marry until her mother passes away. And in the meantime, she's fallen in love with Pedro. He marries one of her sisters just so he can be close to her. I love this story so much. I'm so glad you suggested it. There is much unconsummated passion, and not until a freakish chain of tragedies do they finally get together. It's set in the backdrop of the Mexican Revolution, 
And it also shares that importance of the kitchen and the food in life. And each chapter, there's 12 chapters for each calendar month, and each chapter starts with a recipe. Um, and it also includes home res remedies and different love stories, and it's just delightful. Um, Andrea had a second book for SR, or SR, <laughs> second book for Nicholas as well, um, and it's called Tear This Heart Out by Angeles Mastretta. And the tale of love in the tumultuous years following the Mexican Revolution. Catalina Guzman leaves her poor parents to marry a retired general and is 20 years her senior. She has heard rumors that Andres Asensio is a philanderer and madman, but she falls blindly in love with him. And it's not until they get married that she realizes how ruthless he is, as well as all of his affairs. And as he struggles for political control, she starts her fight for independence. So I have not read that one. And that is another recommendation that I want to I want to jump on. And it reminds Betty uh, of uh, Time for Cholera. Andrea, don't worry about yes. that. I tried to get as many as I could I could find in here uh, and put them in. So don't worry about that. Not yep. Not everybody. You are. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't need to. We we did some of that for um, because frankly we wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a way for us to learn too. Mm -hmm. So then Kenzie's books. Um, yes. The first, the first one was The Agony and the Ecstasy by Irving Stone. Again, relating back to Nicholas's art background. Um, this is a biographical novel of Michelangelo, his time, the turbulent renaissance, the years of poisoning princes, warring popes, <laughs> and all the all-powerful Medici's. Uh, which were a crazy group of people, you know, the fun, the fun group of Florence in the 14, 1400s. Uh, he loves the frail and lovely daughter of Lorenzo de Medici and the ardent mistress of Marco Aldo Verandi. And his last love, his greatest love, was the beautiful but unhappy Vittoria Colonna. Uh, his genius... It's God-driven fury, and it it just it's a br brilliant work. Uh, you know, just to, the background of him, the psychological profile of him that Irving Stone did. It, I mean, it's one of those biographies that that will last for a while. Um, Absolutely. And if, if who 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 played Michelangelo in the movie? Is that Anthony Quinn? No, no, this was Kirk Douglas. Oh, that's right, right? Kirk Douglas. Yeah, He does all the crazy artists. He does yes. Van Gogh and chops his ear off and everything, so. <laughs> I think he, well, wait, am I wrong? I was, I maybe know. I mixed him up. Maybe I mixed him up. No, okay, Agony and the Ecstasy in the movie. I'm going to look it up. Okay. I'm Googling that because I was thinking of Van Gogh. Uh -huh. I have Van Gogh on the brain because Judith posted a Van Gogh interactive art exhibit today on Twitter and I thought it was fascinating so I've been thinking about Van Gogh today I don't know if anyone else has seen that I did see that yeah. Charlton Heston thank you Kenzie oh, okay great you were right you. so yeah I mean you know I just remember him going through the, the Sistine Chapel and whatever Pope was Pope at that point giving him hell and got to do mm -hmm. this and it was it was not one of Michelangelo's favorite jobs, from what I understood, what I heard. So, and, yes, the next and I'm one, saying we're going to say bye to Lori because she has to leave. Oh, uh, bye, Lori. So glad you, you got glad to you stop in for, for the celebration. I hope all is well in the great state of Texas. Yes, yes. So the next one that Kenzie had is Mozart's Starling by Le Leanda Lynn Haupt. Um, now this, this I, when I was looking, I'd never heard of this, to be very honest with you, Kenzie. I had never heard of this. And I went to, I looked when I was looking it up, and I found that Mozart had walked into a, a, a shop and 
a Viennese shop at that, and there was this starling in there, and he bought it, and because the 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 way the starlings uh, tweets or noise and voice was going, it sounded very much like one of his pieces of music. So it it goes through the bond that these two had for three years. He had become like a companion, a muse. Uh, there was he was a distraction, and he was also a consolation for him. Uh, the woman who wrote this is actually a birder, and birders really don't like starlings too much. But mm -hmm. when she was what what sort of helped her in the impetus of writing this story was that she had found a starling, so she started look as a baby that had been injured. And she nursed it back, so that's how she started uh, going through the book. So I found that interesting. That you know, I think this. I mean, that sounds again. I know I sound like a broken record already, but another book that just sounds phenomenal, and I think it's a great suggestion. I do think Nicholas would approve, mm -hmm. um, and I think he'd be thrilled to have it. And Acacio, I think, would be thrilled for him to have it, so she could borrow it to read as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were there have been some really, really interesting uh, books that have come along. I love it. And the next, uh, the next suggestion is kind of a fun one. This comes from our friend over in Japan, uh, Kido three thousand three. I think some of you uh, are friends with her as well on Facebook, or um, on the tw in the Twitterverse, and. She says, hello, Leslie, happy birthday to Nicholas. The book uh, that I'm choosing is called Nate the Great. And it's actually a children's book. It's really fun uh, because it's about joining the world's greatest detective, like your life's discovery. And she's saying, have a very happy day. So greetings from, uh, from okay. Japan. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I, I think that would be fun. That might be a fun one to look up. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that could be something you uh, get for uh, some of the blessednesses in our lives. I, I think it. I think that might, might. Yeah, yeah. Nate the Great. I can mm -hmm. see that. I could see that. So then KK comes along, and uh, she has a couple of books. Um, that I think, and, and KK, I'm sorry, when I was looking this up, I wasn't getting, I was getting physical drawing books, so it's a drawing lesson, it's a beautiful journey of love, life, sadness, and searching a way out of being stuck in grief and in guilt, and it's the help of love of art and works of Van Gogh, and it's a story that you know, he, uh, Nicholas could read to Acacia at night, and that would be wonderful. It it absolutely sounds wonderful, um, Karen. I always like your recommendations. You've always uh, you just are drawn to a lot of things that are so appeal to me. So this definitely is going to be added to my list. Um, and I am reading here that Kenzie or Andrea said that um, all of the books Kenzie had gifted to Nicholas were actually on her to be read list, which doesn't surprise me. And um, Kenzie said, thank you, Andrea. I hope you enjoy them. The Agony and the Ecstasy is also a film which I recommend watching after reading it. So uh, again, we're talking about literature being translated to different media. Um, and film is one of our favorites, of course, with the wonderful, I'll say it again, very exciting teaser that came out today uh, regarding Gabriel's, Gabriel's Inferno, Inferno on Passion Flicks. It's a really nice um, way to appreciate it, uh, appreciate the story and the storytelling in different forms. Uh, Pam, I'm going to go into Perling's gift so you can do the next one then, okay? Okay. Since you did some research on that. Mm -hmm. And Perling, we reached out to her in Venezuela, our dear, our dear friend, 
and the co-host of the Gabriel Series fan podcast uh, with Betty. Uh, Gifts Nicholas with The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexandra Dumas. And I'm not sure how many of you have read The Count of Monte Cristo or who have uh, seen uh, any of the versions of it. Um, Yes, Nicholas will have lots of books, Betty. I totally agree. Um, But the story is a really uh, another classic. It's about Edmond Dantes, a handsome, promising young sailor who docks uh, the ship called the Pharaon in Marseille after its captain died going home. And as a reward, Dante has promised a captainship, but before he can claim his new post and be married to his fiancée, a conspiracy of four jealous and unsavory men arranged for him to be seized and imprisoned in solitary confinement. And the infamous Chateau d'If, mm-hmm. a prison from which no one has ever escaped. So, of course, you know, this sets this, you know, this sets the the stage right for this adventure. And I think um, I think this is one of the reasons why Perling selected this, because it is such a grand adventure. It's kind of a sweeping epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, of course, manages to escape and is picked up by a ship full of smugglers whom he joins until he can locate the island where the treasure is hidden. And he finally discovers it and is staggered by its, the, his immensity of wealth that was on the ship. And through all these trials and tribulations, he finally emerges into society again as the very rich and very handsome Count of Monte Cristo. And he has two goals to reward those who are kind to him and his aging father and to punish those responsible for his imprisonment. So again, you know, the Count, very much like Nicholas, right? Um, Looking for justice, looking for revenge Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. And so he plans uh, the punishments for these men after spending 14 years barely subsisting in a dungeon. He had lots of time to think about this. And then he manages to be introduced to the top of Parisian society because, and they do not recognize him as being the man they imprisoned, but he remembers them all. And you can read the book to hear kind of how all of it unravels, but it's really, really a a compelling book. It is good. And uh, Jim Caviezel, I think did, a version of this on film and I think Richard Chamberlain did a version of this on film yes um, I think so too as I Karen can, says it's a classic and it is it is <laughs> so, so we have a couple <laughs> couple more uh, recommendations in the chat room uh, yes, Betty yes, thought I, Nicholas might be interested in BDSM and so. uh, maybe Fifty Shades might be too much for him I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like he, I don't know. I feel like he, he is open-minded. Yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He might like the whole story of the redemption though. And the whole story of the discovery of, um, and the relationship between the two. That's true. so I think he, I think he, I think he'd appreciate that gift. I think so too. And then Kenzie thought maybe because really should... uh, at the end of the day it's a really beautifully written love story. It is, in my opinion. And Kenzie also thought maybe Nicholas might like kosher sex by Shirley yes. Botich. Botich, Botich, I can't remember. But I, I know. that would be. Um, it's actually a very good book, and it's very uh, um, instructional in many ways. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, you can laugh at it, but it, he, he really did go into detail about things that you can do and shouldn't do and whatever. Well, I think, so. you know, many cultures have books on sex, right? Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. just another example of it. And I don't know anyone who doesn't appreciate to learn more. That's true. Um, as long as you're a little open-minded, I think. That's true. Um, and-, and KK... Go ahead, Pam. I just he, wanna... he also um, got a lot of his his ideas for the book from the the Kabbalah, uh, which is a mystical right. book, uh, a Hebrew book, and it's got 
it does have a whole section on marriage and sex and the marriage bed. So just as an effort. Right. And not the, not the Kabbalah book that a lot of popular, quote unquote, culture puts out there. It's the actual physical Kabbalah that belongs along with the Torah and other religious book in, in, in Judaism. So. Yes. So I, I, the other thing, I got to thinking, you know, I, I'd mentioned Esther that we were going to be doing his birthday and stuff, and, I, and I'm like, you know, and he's like, okay, great, that's good, you know, have fun. So mm -hmm. I got to thinking the other night, and I'm like, you know, well, why can't he include a book? You know, he, so I, I sent him a note, and I said, so since Nicholas was in your head, you must know, you must know him well. Uh, what book would you give him as a birthday gift? So I suggested like maybe a Robert Ludlum or Dick Francis or Lee Child or Guillaume Niclou. Or would he be more inclined to read history? Uh, personally, I felt that uh, he would enjoy historical fiction or biographies and possibly even books on economics. So he responded back to me and saying, uh, I think you're right, Pam. I can see Nicholas being interested in Western European history, including Russia and France. However, I would bet he's enamored of the works of Jean Le Carré. So just taking that as a, a guideline, I just picked up a couple of books that um, from Jean Le Carré. Uh, the Night Manager, which... SR has said sort of influenced his idea for the man in the black suit. Yes. Because uh, yes. it's, you know. Um, a spy thriller. Yeah, it's a spy thriller. And it, it's like a new era of espionage has begun because the Cold War is over. And there's this power vacuum that was left by the Soviet Union. So there's armed dealers and drug smugglers that come into it. And they have risen to like an immense influence and wealth. I mean, just look at the Colombian cartels. Uh, mm -hmm. The sinister master of them all is Richard Onslow Roper, who I believe was uh, played by the actor who was House on TV. And he was also in uh, Sense and Sensibilities and Blackadder, a few other things. Anyway. Uh, he's a charming, ruthless Englishman whose operation seems untouchable. And slipping into the maze of peril is Jonathan Pine, who was played by Tom Hiddleston. And he is a former British soldier who is currently the night manager of a posh hotel in Zurich. And having learned to hate and fear Roper more than any man on earth, Pine is willing to do whatever it takes to help the agents at Whitehall bring him down, and personal vengeance is only part of that reason why. One of the interesting things I found about uh, uh, Jean-Luc Le Carre, that is actually a, um, uh, a pen name like Sylvain Renard, but we don't know what the real name is. And, oh, I didn't realize that. Yep, and... He was also a part of a uh, MI5 and MI6, which mm -hmm. are the two English uh, equivalents to like the FBI and the CIA. And his real name is David John Moore Cornwell. So just a, just an FYI. Very, very cool. Now the other book that I, chose would be the constant gardener and uh, again it's you know it's got that whole spy thing going it's a frightening heartbreaking and uh, exquisitely calibrated novel uh, with the gruesome murder of a young and beautiful Tessa Quail near northern Kenya's Lake Turkana and the birthplace of mankind her putative African lover and traveling companion, a doctor with one of the aid agencies, has vanished from the scene of the crime. And Tessa's much older husband, Justin, a career diplomat at the British High Commission in Nairobi, 
sets out on personal odyssey in pursuit of the killers and their motive. So that is the constant card there. Uh, and he's got a whole, La Carre has a whole list of novels. I just happened to pick a couple of them. So, but I thought that was interesting. Oh. You know, being a part, take, being a part of MI5 and MI6. Yes. Yes. And uh, so I said, right? Uh, you cut out a little bit. Cutting out, and I'm actually. Yeah, no, I can hear you right at the moment. We're having a little. Little technical difficulties with the weather, I think it is. Because the bill is paid, so it's not the wireless, <laughs> the Wi Fi. <laughs> Um, so I know that Kenzie's thinking that Nicholas might enjoy John Keats or Ralph Waldo Emerson poems. I think they would be very good choices. KK liked The Night Manager, and yes, that was good. I, I loved watching that. And uh, Tom Hiddleston became a new favorite on that. Um, and, you know, so that's James Bond would be interesting and I, I even asked SR one time if if a scene that was in the book was based on uh, something that uh, James Bond would have done and, uh, and she, she, he said no not really so, yeah, so that's what I had can you still hear me yeah I can hear you okay are you picking up my background noise now. a little bit yeah. uh, i'm trying to find an outlet because my you're going going blank yeah. so the other another book uh, that came came along um was from mango and or, or susan seward's and part of the argyle empire and Nicholas Nickleby by Charles Dickens was one that she selected. And she had been thinking a lot about this and, and had given him uh, Nicholas Nickleby, not because of the same name, but because the main character is a very honorable young man who refuses to let the world's ugliness affect his belief in the inherent goodness of people. And Lori, I think it's Chick-fil-A she's in. <laughs> So, we'll see what... Yes, I am. Greetings from Chick-fil-A in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh -huh. I don't know if you can hear me any better now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I started the podcast, it said that I had over four hours of battery left, and my battery's starting to drain down, oh. which is why I came in um, to a very packed uh, Chick-fil-A restaurant, and a very kind family is letting me sit next to them, and they have two beautiful little guys. So. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, that's so if you hear babies in the background, you know, I, I, I work for a company called Improto, Improvise, Adapt, and Overcome, and that's what I'm doing right now. I am improvising. Adapt and um, Overcoming. Can you hear me better now? I'm, it seems yes. like the signal is better. Yes. I, think, I think part of it was the power. So be. that's an interesting thing to note on my laptop that it's uh, when it says four hours, it means not. <laughs> well, that, that, that's like, you, you ever notice like then you, you, get, you get low on your gas and your little gas light comes on and I know my car tells me you have X number of miles to empty. I believe that. Uh, as, yes. I believe that about as much as I believe Walter being able to talk Spanish. Right. But so. I'm one of the people who will test the limit. <laughs> <laughs> I will drive it down past the empty line, knowing that the manufacturer gives a little bit of leeway. Uh -huh. I don't play that game often, but sometimes I do play it. So, so we digress. We digress. Uh, but back, back to the Betty saying she posted her gift, but she guessed it got lost in Twitter. Um, she's you, just, Betty. No, Betty, we are not done. We have like we, half, we have, we have four more pages of books to read. So I'm, <laughs> my only question is, do we break this up into two podcasts? Um, no, I think we can get through them. You think we can get through them? Yeah, I think we can. Okay. 
Um, since you can hear me now, can I tell you about, actually, Betty, should we talk about Betty's Choice? Sure, or? why not? Okay, um, let's go down to Betty's Choice. Yes. Betty said, after debating which book I would give our beloved Nicholas as a present on his birthday, I've decided to give him paperback writer's anthology. Not only is he going to enjoy reading the amazing stories from multiple authors, but the profits will go to helping children. And that is a beautiful thing. Yes. It's always fun to give gifts that give back to society. So that's it. Yes. And, and also the fact that uh, we know um, some of the authors, and that's very exciting for us to share with Nicholas, some of our uh, favorite authors. Um, and SR did a beautiful forward for that. Um, so I love that, actually. I, in fact, I'm, I'm thinking of giving the, that anthology out as a gift. Um, I, I have a couple people already in mind for it for Christmas. I just have to order them. That would be great. That would really be good. I think there are. I think there are a lot of people that would really like that. Like it. Well, and the th fact that there is that Beatles hook too. So anyone who has an affinity for Beatles music also has a little bit of an interest. Yes, as Kenzie said, lots of love for Nicholas. Oh, that lots and lots. So the next book on the list is from Bluebird, and. It's Le Musée Impossible. It's by Celine Devereaux. And it's, uh, she said she jo joins uh, Kenzie on Nicholas's love for art, and I will offer him Le Musée Impossible by Celine Delville, which allows to admire 40 lost masterpieces of the history of art, impossible to contemplate in our museums because they've been stolen, looted, or lost. And, you know, it, it, considering the fact that, uh, you know, Nicholas's family has lost so, uh, these paintings that, and that he's been on the search for this one, I think it would be an excellent choice. It might give him um, impetus to start looking for other lost pieces of art. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that book looks beautiful. Um, again, another one I'd like to see. I know there were uh, there was a lot of reaction to that the post. I think Effie really liked it. There was a lot of people going back and forth on that. One. So another excellent choice. Um, I also say, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. I can also say that we received word from friends in South America and, and Central America. Our friend Danny from Honduras posted and, and said, Hola, nenas. Yo le regalo de amor y otros demonios del gran Gabriel García Marquez. Es la historia de un amor prohibido, desigual y imposible maravillosa. So, for those of you who do not understand Spanish and or who cannot understand my version of Spanish, um, forgive my pronunciation. Uh, what Danny was saying was, hello girls, I give you a gift of love and other, I give you the book Del Amor y Otros Demonios. Uh, which is the gift of love and other demons from the gate Gabriel Garcia Marquez it's the story of a prohibited unequal and impossible love set in the lush tropical coastal town of 18th century colonial Colombia it's the story of Sierva Maria and the priest Cayetano de Lara whose chaste love affair leads to their destruction so forbidden love always an interesting and compelling story oh yeah and his uh, suggestion was really really good it was good it was good um, the next one is from Dana and uh, who's also her birthday today. So happy birthday, Dana Marion, uh, is Songs of Innocence and Experience by William Blake. Uh, I think my choice should be, would be Songs of Innocence and Experience 
lovely words about different stages of life. It was recommended to me by someone I admire, and it means a lot to have a book tied to the memories shared between good friends. Happy birthday to us, Nicholas. So basically, the, the book dramatizes the na naive hopes and fears that inform the lives of children and trace their transformations as the child grows into adulthood. Some of the poems are written from the perspective of children, while others are about children as seen from an adult perspective. Many of the poems draw attention to the positive aspects of natural human understanding prior to the corruption and dissertation of experience. Others take a more critical stance towards innocent purity. For example, while Blake draws touching portraits of the emotional power of rudimentary Christian values, he also exposes over the heads, as it were, of innocent Christianity's capacity for promoting injustice and cruelty. William Blake is always interesting. I'd find. I've not read that, but it sounds fascinating. Again, it sounds like another book that I'd like to dig into. Um, and, and I love, I'm, I'm reading in the chat room, uh, KK has to run. And she says, have a good night all weekend. Happy birthday, Nicholas, and to Dana. Um, you have a good night, KK. Take care, KK. And Betty says she can see Nicholas and Acacia setting up their next mission. They're covering new art. Boss, hint, uh -huh. hint, suggestions for him. Trust us. He knows. He knows. We always, we always, we always drop hints when we are talking um, to him about the podcast. Um, yes. Send our emails. He knows. And um, as he puts out his tweets, I am pondering my next project. And uh, he's put that out there, and I think he said something a while ago about doing a, another book in the um, uh, in the connected with the man in the black suit. So, <laughs> so. so do you want to do the next book, Leslie? Are you still there? I'm sorry, I've, I've muted, I've been muting when I'm not talking to oh. try and see you for the background noise. Um, so the next book, the next gift for Nicholas is The Alchemist by Paolo Kello. And this is a book gifted to him by our dear friend MJ. Um, MJ Grace, who writes for Betty's uh, book. Um, who wrote a short story for that uh, collection of paperback writers. MJ's gifting him The Alchemist. And I know that's a very popular book. A lot of people have talked to me about it. It's one on my list that I actually need to read this pretty soon because it's been sitting there on, for a while now. <laughs> Written by the Brazilian author. Um, it, and as, as, as MJ says, um, a read that embarked me on a personal journey that changed my perspective of life, combining magic, mysticism, and wisdom and wonder into an inspiring tale of self-discovery. The Alchemist has become a modern classic, selling millions of copies around the world and transforming the lives of countless readers across generations. Paolo Keller's masterpiece tells the mystical story of Santiago, an Andalusian shepherd boy who yearns to travel in search of a worldly treasure. His quest will lead him to riches far different and far more satisfying than he ever imagined. Santiago's journey teaches us about the essential wisdom of listening to our hearts, recognizing opportunity and learning to read the endless journal on life's path, and most importantly, to follow our dreams. Good. Yeah, this this is a big one. Uh, Lori also has it on her to be read list. She actually follows him on Twitter. Oh, I should. Yeah, do that. I, That's a good idea. I do have the book. I do have the book, but I, I I haven't read the whole thing yet. I think Karen, I'm sorry Karen had to leave, because I think she's read it. I, I'm pretty sure she had mentioned before that she had read it. It is supposed to be one of these transformational books, you know, like a lot of people had huge aha moments after reading Eat, Pray, Love. There's even a book called Eat, Pray, Love, and Do It, because that book inspired people. Um, this is the same, um, I shouldn't say the same, but it's also a book that has very transformative uh, influence on people. So, 
Betty. It sounds like a really good one. Yeah. Betty's read The Alchemist. It was given to her as a gift, and she highly recommends it. Yeah, on the, I've gotten about uh, halfway through it. I, I just haven't picked it up to finish it yet. So, The last book we have is The Shack by William Paul Young, and this is from Flor Diagua, because the message is about forgiveness. When Mackenzie Allen Phillips' youngest daughter, Missy, is abducted during a family vacation, he remains hopeful that she'll return home. But then he discovers evidence that she may have been brutally murdered in an abandoned shop deep in the Oregon wilderness. Four years later, in this midst of his great sadness, Mac receives a suspicious note that's supposedly from God, inviting him back to the shack for a weekend. Against his better judgment, he arrives on a wintry afternoon and walks back into his darkest nightmare. What he finds there will change his life forever. Sounds mysterious. That sounds really compelling. Yeah. Another one to read. Oh my gosh, so many good books, so yes. little time. Kenzie, no need to apologize. You didn't need to, you did explain your book choices. You, you did. It was great. It was, they were very compelling and it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, these are stories of great masters mm -hmm. and really classics in literature. So they I thought are. they were really good. Lori and Lori agree. She said your books were great suggestions. Absolutely. All of them were great. Absolutely. The, the one that really intrigued me though was the one about Mozart and the Starling because that's not a story I'd ever heard before. And I just, I think that would be intriguing to read about. How this little bird became so important in this man's life. Who was a little, he was a little nutty anyway, but that's another story. Well, and Kenzie says she thinks you'd enjoy it, Pam. Yeah. I just, I just really, I, it intrigues me. So I'll have to check that one out. So what else? Well, you, three little birds inspired Bob Marley, so. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, birds can make birds can make a difference. And that actually was an inspiration for a song by the same time. And I I am I understand there may have been some herbal refreshment that was involved in that as well, but we won't go there. <laughs> he was a religious man. Yes, he was. So what I'm gonna do is I'll get a list of all these books together and I'll send this out. Um in a, in a Twitter or Twitter feed. And uh, so whoever, you can go find them. You can read them if you want and enjoy them as well. So. Yes, we wanted to be able to share them with you. Uh, celebrating Nicholas is always a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, celebrating SR is always a fun thing to do. And, and Kenzie mentioned you could post them on the Fox's Den. Exactly. Um, yes, we're, we're going to put that in multiple platforms. And it's in when we ever get our website up and running. So we will put it there too. We will. It's on the list. It is. It is. So. Uh, so we'll be back next week, and we'll be back with the man in the black suit next week. We've got to see what's going on with Acacia and her rescue and what that, how she's doing. And uh, we will all reconvene then. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you with a little bit of Morning Broadway by Keith Mansfield and the KBM Orchestra. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Take care.